welcome to the My Testimony Podcast. I am Crystal Bryant, your host, and I am so blessed to be able to share the testimonies of Jesus in my life and in others' lives. I hope you enjoy hearing what the Lord has done in our lives. Welcome back, everyone, to the fifth episode of the My Testimony Podcast. I truly enjoy this time of year. There are so many opportunities to share Jesus' birth and his salvation. If sharing your testimony is difficult for you, then start with the best testimony of Christ's birth, death, and resurrection. His birth was prophesied about many times in the Bible. And this time of year, it's just a reminder that he was born and fully human and fully God. He had to come be born so he could die and rise again for us so we could be saved. And I just really love this this time of year and focusing on the gift that has been given to us and, and the glad tidings it brings. And so kind of dwelling on that in the next coming weeks and being able to share that with whoever you can, I think is a very good testimony to be sharing. Today on the podcast, we have Jessica Stevens joining us. Hello, Jessica. Hey. Thank you for joining us today, especially in the middle of what I believe is the busiest month of the year. Yes, I'm so excited for this opportunity to share. Will you please share a little about yourself and your testimony? All right. So um, today I would like to share uh, my story of redemption and a little bit about who I was before and where Jesus met me. Growing up, I was raised in two very different households. My mom was really young when she had me and my dad was never in my life. So my grandparents helped raise me. I would bounce back and forth between the two homes. When I was with my Nana and Papa, I would go to church witness them praying, study in their Bibles, and see the peace and joy that comes from being a follower of Christ. When I was with my mom, I would see the chaos of living in the world and a rebellious lifestyle. Through this, I was exposed to drugs at a very early age. When I was around 13, I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol myself. But at this time, I would say it was more of a fall to peer pressure. I would use whatever was available at parties on the weekends and then not feel the need to use on the weekdays. At the age of 15, my mom moved out of state and I got to live with my Nana full time. Life was easy with her. She showed me what stability looked like and a peaceful home. From 15 to 18, I looked good on the outside. I went to church, Bible studies. I was doing well in school, but on the inside, I had this void in my heart. I claimed to know who God and Jesus was, but I wouldn't accept the love he had for me and trust in him. After I graduated and moved out on my own, I found myself chasing things of the world. I still had that void in my heart, and I was also battling feelings of abandonment and resentment towards my parents. When life got hard, I turned to drugs and alcohol to mask the hurt I was feeling. I ended up in some really toxic relationships because I didn't realize My life had value and I was worthy of love. The enemy had me believing all of his lies, that I wasn't good enough, that this was the life I deserved, and I deserved the abuse I was receiving. I felt like I was drowning and had no way out. I was in a very abusive relationship, probably at the peak of my addiction. 
and we had just had a huge fight. It had gotten really physical, and I was on the floor of the bathroom. All I could think of was how did my life get here? At this point, I realized I had a problem. I was an addict. I remember crying out to God saying, if you're real, I really need you right now. I need your help to get out of this situation. Shortly after that, he gave me the courage to leave that relationship. I was staying with a friend and reconnected with a guy I'd met a year or so before and we started dating. He was a drug dealer and we were both addicts and this relationship was different than all the others before. I was completely in love with him and I wanted to build a life with him, a sober life. After a short month and a half of dating, we got married and moved to my hometown to start a new life together, but drugs still had a hold on us. That first year of marriage was so hard. We tried to get clean, but continued to relapse over and over again. Our love for each other wasn't going to be enough. We needed something more. I got a job in a home, in home health care and started looking after a guy named Jerry. He was only given a short amount of time to live, but he made it his mission every day when I would get to work. He would get up and sit in the chair next to me and share Jesus with me. He would share personal testimony, Bible stories. He recorded the Bible series and we would watch it together. On the days he wasn't feeling well enough to get up, he would play Christian music for me to listen to. He shared with me the love that Jesus Christ had for me. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Despite all my mistakes, Jesus willingly laid down his life to save mine. I needed this hope that was found in Jesus, and my heart was ready to accept his love. I would go home from work every night and share, with, share everything with chance, what Jerry had shared with me. On July 10, 2013, on our one-year anniversary, we both accepted Christ as our Savior, and he freed us from the chains of addiction. We no longer had the desire to use. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We was now a new creation. He restored our marriage and gave our life purpose. Over the years, through the ups and downs of life, Jesus has always been faithful to never leave me. Looking back, I can see he was there all along, just patiently waiting for me to open up my heart to him. I think about Jerry and his faithfulness and obedience to take the short amount of time he had left to make sure I knew Jesus. Jerry was evangelizing in his final days because he knew what the most important thing in life was, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus left us with the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We do not know how much time we have left here on earth, so we must take every opportunity to reach out to the lost and hurting in the world, and share with them the love of Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation through him. This is such a good example, you know, of what Christ can do in our lives. And just hearing Christ's redemption, like he brought you 
from a place that you didn't even think that you deserved it. None of us do. But when you're in those places, you just don't even realize that no one does. You know, you just think it's you. Satan personally attacks when we're in those um, strongholds, you know, and and the fact that um, God just came in there and he just like blew those chains off. And, and I find it so interesting. Last week's podcast was about oh, Sarah's mom and she in her final days had people in and out of their home too. And she was sharing the gospel and, you know, we don't, we don't know, you know, like Sarah will never know. There may be people that will know, but we don't know the effect that we have in sharing seeds or watering. You know, we don't know if we're the seed thrower or for the water. And in this case, Jerry was throwing out seeds in your life in his final days, just like Sarah's mom in last week's episode. And it's just, you know, we, we normally don't get to hear, you know, like, I don't know if you ever told Jerry or his family or anything, but normally you don't know, you know? And so to hear your side that you were the one that was told, you know, in some of the hardest days of Jerry's life where he knew that he was, he was pat, like slowly dying, you know, to his death, he wanted to make sure that you knew and he doesn't even know. I mean, you know, that here you are the things that we may not see. And I think for me, that's such a powerful testimony as a Christian who is saved that we don't know the impact of what sharing the gospel and even even on the days that it's hard to do it, even on the days where we may be scared to do it, uh, and even on the days when we can't physically speak it, you know, living a life that is glorifying God and leading others to that peace, the peace that you're talking about that only Christ can get. And I, I love how you also mentioned the differences, you know, between Christianity and, and a life without Christ and, and that um, you had compared peace and joy with, with Christ. And you had seen that, as a non-believer, you were seeing these things in your Nana and then in your mom, just this life of chaos and destruction that eventually was what your life was becoming, you know, and you wanted and you sought that peace. And I think, you know, those things, those people that God puts in our lives so we can reach others, um, that's, I mean, it really is, you know, a reminder as Christians why we need to glorify God with everything that we're doing, because we never know who's watching. We never know who needs that, that watering or the seed. And so there was a lot that you had unclosed in that <laughs> short amount of time. And I'm like over here, like, wow, there's just so much like the lies of Satan, you know? Um, can you take us, I mean, can you take us back to that part where Satan, I mean, cause I think even now as a Christian, Satan still lies to us. It's what do you do about that? Yeah. So 
back then before I had accepted Christ and um, I was just living like this destructive life. When he would tell me those lies, of course, I'm going to believe him because I'm I'm feeling down I'm everything around me. Is, I'm making poor choices. The, the world's falling around me. And um, during that time, I was in a really abusive relationship. And so he is like physically like telling me, you know, I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve these things, like getting really physical with me. And so just like even him, he was like breaking me down and breaking me down. And so I just felt completely helpless and felt like nothing. And but I think that you always hear of like you got to hit your rock bottom. And I felt like maybe that's where I hit my rock bottom, you know, and like when and all I knew was like, okay, God, I need you. Like I heard about you whenever I was younger. If all those things I heard are true, I need you right now. Please show up. And like I can distinctly remember just like crying on the bathroom floor and, you know, I don't know if he's hearing me or not. And um, it's just like such a vivid memory that I have. And like it brings me so much joy now because I know like he did hear me. He was just like, yes, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yes. And then like now, whenever, like you said, the enemy still tries to tell us lies. He still tries to break us down, even after we've accepted Christ. But now we have, um, when we're studying the word of God, those are our truths. He, he speaks to us through the word and we can stand on that and we can say, you know what? That's not true because my God says this and I'm going to believe this. And so, I mean, I guess that's how I battle the, the lies of the enemy now. <laughs> it says that in Ephesians 6, that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so just remembering that we have to know our word, you know, you have to know the word of God in any battle or, or you could become easily defeated, you know, and you had to come to this point where you have to be saved, you know, so you can have that sword of the spirit before that even happened. I mean, it really did look hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's hope. And there's joy, there's peace, especially this time of year, you know, like when we think about Jesus's birth, it's, there's peace, you know, glad tidings of joy. And those are the, those are the promises, you know, that we can go back to that. Um, and we see that, you know, even Christ's birth was prophesied about, and it was a promise. Yeah. And so it's fulfillment was a fulfillment that we can go back to and be like, God was faithful here. He's faithful in this and this and this. He's going to be faithful to his promises to us also. Mm -hmm. So it's like that just promise that we get to cling to. And I just, I love that he broke your, you, both of your chains, you and your husband and um, the things that you both were struggling with. And it, that's hard, you know, the things that you guys, there are people that, you know, that stronghold is just really strong. Um, I, I've heard that it's said that like two addicts 
can't get sober together. Like it's nearly impossible. And like my husband always says, you know, that might be true, but whenever you have Jesus in the middle of it, it's completely possible. And like, I think about that day and it's even more special because it was on our anniversary. So we can never forget it. And it's just like, God showed up there, you know, he took that from us and we like threw everything away. And we've done, we had done that before, you know, like, like I said, like we, we tried to get clean, but we kept relapsing. So like in that moment, I don't even know if we realized like this was going to be it. This was going to be the last time, but we did it. And there was never, I've never desired or had a want to, to use again. There's a couple of verses whenever you said all that, um, with God, all things are possible. And a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And, you know, there was two of you, but with Christ, you know, and us, that's, I mean, I know that, that it's talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it's also talking about a man, a woman, and God in the middle of that marriage. And that's stronger than uh, whenever you don't have Christ. And so those chains just being able to be broken and what a sweet reminder, like you said, on your anniversary, not only are you able to celebrate this life, the becoming one, but you get to celebrate a new life yeah. of, of redemption and the things that God has given you. It, that's, that's a sweet blessing that you both get to, you know, um, truly enjoy and I really like, um, there's a, um, a set of verses in the Bible. It is Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I think that's just a reminder, you know, like none of us deserve it. Not any of us. Uh, even even the most seemingly perfect person up against an addict, you know, neither one is good. Neither one is without sin, you know. And anytime Satan tries to say you don't deserve it, you don't need it those are all lies. Like this is literally saying it's not anything you've done. It's because it's a gift, a free gift given by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we get to get that. And then also, like you said, make disciples. So we're supposed to give it yes. just as much as we're supposed to take it on. And I, I thought it was really funny. I was telling my, uh, well, I was talking to my husband I said, isn't it funny how with Santa Claus, all the gifts are a secret? 
But with God, it's not supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be something that we just give and we give and we give and we give. <laughs> and I just was all like, that's how good God is. He doesn't want to keep it a secret. He doesn't want to hide it. He wants to give it. And he wants every single one of us to give it. And it's a free gift that not only is it a free gift, but it's the best gift that brings peace and joy, love, and, and so many things that we can't obtain in ourselves or on our own. And so I really appreciate you coming on and us having this discussion and you sharing your testimony. Um, God is so good. Uh, if you want to bow your head and pray with me, we're going to go into prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jessica and this testimony of you and her life, Lord. I thank you that you have given her peace. I thank you that you have brought her out of those strongholds of addiction and destruction, Lord. I thank you that you are faithful and you are true and you are steadfast and that you offer healing. And Lord, you are just doing exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. Lord, you are such a good father. And we thank you so much for sending your son to be born, Lord, that he should die and, and then rise again, Lord, that we could obtain salvation through him, that we can one day be able to live with you in, in heaven, Lord. And we just thank you so much that it's not anything that we've done. It's everything that you've done. And we, we just give you thanks, Lord. We thank you for everything. And I, I just ask all of these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I hope you all enjoyed our time together today. Be sure to email me in the link below with your testimonies of what the Lord is doing in your life. We love to hear from you. Goodbye.